0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns,
1: opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest at this time, Chris Jericho. Chris, this Sunday at the Bash, you'll put up your Intercontinental Championship and Rey Mysterio will put up his mask. Why are you so obsessed with unmasking Rey Mysterio? This is not an obsession. This is an intervention. Mysterio is an addict, and his mask is his drug. And it's a drug that's leading him down a path of destruction, a path that will ruin his career and ultimately ruin his life. But like most addicts, Mysterio refuses to believe that he has a problem. So he's forcing me to drag him kicking and screaming to his salvation. Only I know what's best for Mysterio, so I'll help him. I'll be his sponsor. I'll be his accountability partner because I know what it's like. I've been there before. I was just like Rey Mysterio, addicted to the cheers of the WWE Universe, addicted to the idolization, to the adoration. And then I realized that I didn't need any of these parasites that were dragging me down. So I ditched the catchphrases, the witticisms, the overblown entrance. And most importantly of all, I saved myself and became the best in the world at what I do. And this Sunday at The Bash, I'm gonna do the same for Mysterio. I'm gonna force him to unmask, reveal his true identity, and I will set him free from the lies he's created. And in the big picture, in the long run, Mysterio and all of his hypocritical fans will realize that I was right. They will thank me and admit that Chris Jericho was his true savior.
2: It's my music.
3: You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast
0: Network. Hello, and welcome to Music of the Met, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich, and today I am joined once again by my good friend and a fellow contributor here at Voices of Wrestling. It's the returning Sean Sidor. Hello, Sean.
3: Hey, Andrew. How's it
0: going? I'm good. How are you?
3: Good, good. It's nice to talk to you again. Uh, I think this is the first time that we've actually talked since WrestleMania weekend, if my memory serves correctly.
0: That's right. Yeah, Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. That was, you know, almost a month ago or a little over a month ago at this point. Oh, such a such a fun experience.
0: Oh, yeah, it was great to meet you that that weekend for sure. And we watched a lot of wrestling together, uh, maybe too much at times, but uh, still the weekend was a real blast.
3: Oh, yeah, of course. Of course.
0: Yeah, and uh, now we're back on the show here together again for a uh, for a subject that you yourself actually volunteered for. Um, I remember a few months back you asked me that if I ever did an episode about Chris Jericho, you wanted to do it with me, and I said, "Of course." And uh, now here you are, Sean. Yeah, no, I was. It
3: was funny. So I was. I forget where I, if I was listening to. So I think I was listening to Judas by Fozzie. either right at the end of a work day or as I was leaving work in my car. And I thought to myself, you know, has has Andrew ever done an episode of Chris Jericho? And I thought, oh, he, he must've done an episode of Chris Jericho. I mean, that one's, that one's an obvious one to do. And then I, I messaged you and you said, no, I was shocked because it's been like, you've done so many episodes. I think I would have thought that Chris Jericho would have been, you know, one that you would have knocked off, you know, right away, but evidently not. So I, you know, took the opportunity to volunteer.
0: I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did, because I'm very much looking forward to this one, for sure. And uh, this is actually, it's, it's a pretty big milestone for the podcast. It's episode 60, the big six zero and Big number. Uh, big number, big number, yeah. And uh, yeah, a- appropriately, it is going to be about a very big topic, as I just mentioned before, the entrance themes of Chris Jericho. Uh, one of the biggest stars in wrestling, and I believe one of the best ever do it as well. He's wrestled all over the world for multiple companies, a multi-time champion 10 times over, 30-year pro, and, you know, for a wrestling music podcast, Jericho is like the perfect topic because not only is he involved in wrestling, obviously, but he's also part of the music world as well with Fozzy, which he's been doing for about 20 years now. So Chris Jericho, he's like this nexus point for music and wrestling. He, he just, he brings them together in a bunch of different ways. So I think him being the subject for this episode here is pretty cool. Sean.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking when I was suggested the episode to you originally, I figured, well, Jericho's probably got, he's got a couple of not- notable, themes, probably from, you know, ECW and WCW and the Simon WWE. Um, but then when you presented the, uh, the run sheet list that you put together for this episode it really sank in it was like oh he's had a lot of theme songs and not just what you would think of at first he had a lot and as we'll get to in a minute he had a lot of stuff uh very early in his career too and a lot of a lot of interesting song choices all
0: around yeah you're on the money there when you say that uh jericho has a lot of themes he he does (laughs) and you know that's what happens that's what happens when you wrestle for multiple companies over the course of, of three decades, you know? Oh yeah. You just of acquire a lot of themes. Um, unless you're like Ric Flair or whatever. But 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 I think Jericho, him having so many theme songs, I think that speaks not only to his connection with music, but also the fact that as a performer, Jericho is not known for staying in one lane for too long. You know, Undertaker is often credited for changing things up a bit every so often to keep things fresh. But I think that compliment can easily be applied to Jericho as well. Because he's always been Chris Jericho. But depending on the era you watch him in, he could be Lionheart Chris Jericho, the the plucky young face. He could be Y2J Chris Jericho, the brash braggadocio rock star. He could be the best in the world at what he does, Chris Jericho, with the suits and the serious honest man demeanor. He could be the scarf-wearing, list-having Chris Jericho drinking in, man. And he could be the pain maker Chris Jericho that he is right now with the makeup and the spiky jackets. He's just a master at mixing it up and staying fresh and staying entertaining and staying relevant. And I think him having such a vast array of theme songs throughout his career speaks to that in some way.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and just like you said, you know, it's incredible to think about just how many, uh, I guess, changes in appearance and changes in character he's done over the course of his career. You know, you you think about it, it it sort of surprises me that, you know, now that he's, you know, sort of more connected with the AEW side, which, you know, has connections through PRS and T's like, I'm surprised he hasn't done a shirt where he has like, you know, depictions of his different personas or some sort of, you know, parody of the you know the evolution man where it's like him evolving through all the stages <laughs> of his career. But yeah, no, that just speaks to, you know, he's he's changed so much. And when you really look at it from a wider lens, it's like he's had so many different looks and so many different versions of its character of his character. Even like you said, Undertaker, of course, he's changed around a little bit over the course of his career, but Jericho's, you know, done it even more so. And credit to him, because his it seems like his whole uh goal in doing that is just to stay as fresh as possible, and he knows when something's getting old, it's time to move on to the next thing, regardless of how much that previous thing was successful for him.
0: Right, right, yeah, yeah, and and timing-wise, I think this could not have worked out any better because, as of this recording, we are just a few days away from AEW Double or Nothing where Jericho will presumably headline against Kenny Omega, and then, a few weeks after that, He'll main event New Japan's Dominion show against Kazushiko Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which is pretty incredible. And I think a true sign of his star power and his longevity that in 2019, a 48-year-old Chris Jericho can do that, Sean.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Obviously, the the, uh, Kenny Omega rematch is a big one from uh, Wrestle Kingdom in 2018. And then the Okada match, you know, first time ever, Jericho challenging for the IWGP title. Yeah, and in the span of two weeks, that's that's pretty impressive. You gotta admit that.
0: Let me ask you this: uh, Do you remember the first time you ever saw Chris Jericho, and how you became a fan of his? Like, like, like for me, I have a very clear memory of that, and it's actually a, a pretty, pretty big, important part of my life. Uh, but what about you? Okay, so the first time that. I probably saw Chris Jericho
3: was in the WrestleMania 19 game on the GameCube. I think I might've mentioned that in my first appearance on music on the mat eons ago. Um, But uh, that, that was the first one of the first rest, I think maybe even the first wrestling game I owned. And obviously I remember sorts, all sorts of different wrestlers from that game. Remember seeing them for the first time. Uh, But I guess for me, Jericho uh, stuck out because uh, his entrance and we'll we'll sort of get into that when we do his WWE things themes. But uh, I guess the entrance his the entrance that they were using at the time, sort of like 2003. The entrance video had the countdown. And it had the sort of, I guess you could call it a a warp tube of some kind, where
0: it has like... Some sort of like futuristic
3: portal thingy. Yeah, Yeah, warp tube thing. Yeah, we had the ball going through after the countdown, and then he goes to break the walls down. So that for me, that was the first, I guess, memory of Jericho, because that entrance video stuck out. You know, you have the countdown, and then you had the sort of the whoosh of of this like digital ball floating through cyber... Through this uh, cyberspace tube of some kind, and then it, you know going into the into the song, uh, but that's the I guess that's the first experience I have of seeing Jericho was through uh, WrestleMania 19 on the GameCube.
0: So I've told this story before. Um, I was watching TV one night as a kid in 2003, and I came across an episode of Raw, where the match that was going on was Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho in the Big WrestleMania 19 rematch. And despite not having seen wrestling before, I was just sucked in immediately by the screen. And it's funny, initially, I was rooting for Jericho to win because even though he was the bad guy, Jericho was wearing blue tights. And my favorite color is blue. But uh, as the match went on, I realized that Shawn was the good guy and Chris was the bad guy. So I started rooting for Shawn Michaels to win from that point on. But uh, yeah, that was my first wrestling match. That was the match that hooked me in and made me a wrestling fan. So Jericho has played a fairly monumental part in my life. And, you know, as a kid, I hated Chris Jericho because kids hate heels no matter what. But as time went on, I grew to just appreciate and to love Chris Jericho not just for his in-ring work, but also for his promo work as well and his character stuff, which I think has all just been tremendous. Um, His music career, a bit of a different story, I think, but as far as being a wrestler is concerned, uh, Jericho is one of my all-time favorites for sure. Oh yeah, totally agree. Definitely up there. Okay, let's get to these themes here. Uh, We'll start off a little bit differently than we normally do on the show. Uh, I decided that since Jericho just has a ton of theme songs to his name, especially early on, I would consolidate that first part of his career into one big chunk. So I have made a medley of Chris Jericho's early themes. Themes he had in Canada in the early 90s when he was starting out. Themes he had in Mexico in CMLL. Themes he had in Japan in places like War and FMW. And themes he had in America in places like Smoky Mountain Wrestling and ECW. Let's take a listen now to what I am calling the Chris Jericho Early Career Music Medley. Hit it, Johnny.
2: a regularly scheduled programme.
0: Okay, the list of songs that was played here are in order, as follows. Unskinny Bop by Poison. Tease Me, Please Me by Scorpions. Overnight Sensation by Firehouse. Silent Jealousy by X Japan, You're Invited But Your Friend Can't Come by Vince Neil. Gonna Make You Sweat by C&C Music Factory. Enter Sandman by Metallica. Rock America by Danger Danger, Thunder Kiss 65 by White Zombie, and Soul Crusher also by White Zombie. And uh, barring the very obvious exception of Gonna Make You Sweat, which he had in CMLL, you can see a, a, a very clear pattern with the songs that Jericho had during this time period. Hard rock, heavy metal, typically from the 80s and early 90s, and that's about it. Some of it is glam metal, Some of it is thrash metal, some of it is groove metal, but the overall genre is pretty much all hard rock, heavy metal. And as any good Chris Jericho fan would know, hard rock and metal are Chris Jericho's bread and butter. That is his thing. That is the music that he loves, that is the music that he plays, and that is the music that he wants for his entrance themes. So him using these songs here by these particular artists is no big shock at all, Sean.
3: Oh yeah, it wasn't a shock at all. And one thing that stuck out to me immediately, uh, as I was just going through these songs, because I, you know, most of them I wasn't very familiar with, uh, was that they were all sort of uh, contemporary with the the time period that he was starting out in wrestling, sort of his early twenties and the early nineties. Almost pretty much all of these songs were from right around that time. So I wouldn't be shocked if these were. I'm not, or again, I'm not sure you know, I, I would presume he picked these songs for himself, uh, in these different promotions, but, uh, I would presume that these were all songs that he would have been, you know, listening to and bands that he would have been very familiar, familiar with at the time. Um, so yeah, no, that, that was one thing that stuck out to me. Um, and they were again, very much fitting of that time of the early nineties. They, um, at least to me, they all came off as sort of very much like songs you would hear, in the territories, but sort of the, 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 the uh, I guess the nineties version of what was left of the territories, uh, sort of the, you know, that hard rock music that I guess was very common with different, you know, territorial promotions and the certain wrestlers who were, who were in them. Um, yeah. And again, not really surprised by these choices. Once I was, you know, listening to them, they're all, and actually, um, uh, you know, I didn't know a lot of these songs and after listening to them, uh, I it made me want to actually go out and like purchase out these songs. I I haven't done that yet, but uh, I guess the fact that you know I had that feeling, uh, I guess it means Jericho and I share similar tastes in music.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, Jericho he, he really bridges the gap between rock and wrestling, and for so long he's he's brought those elements of rock and metal into the wrestling world. Whether it's the music that he's picked. Whether it's that brash, bold, you know, rock star personality that he's had for so long. Even the name Chris Jericho is a nod to the German metal band Halloween and their album Walls of Jericho. That's where it comes from. So from the jump, Jericho's wrestling career has been one big incorporation of rock and metal. And conversely as well, his music career has seen a wrestling influence. Because for the first few years of Fozzie's run... They had like a fake backstory for the band. And the members had what basically amounts to wrestling gimmicks. Like Jericho and Fozzie was not initially known as Chris Jericho. He was known as Mongoose McQueen. And he would essentially keep kayfabe in interviews and say that, oh no, Jericho and Mongoose were two different people. Two different people. And then after a while, it was dropped, of course. But if you look at Jericho's life, his career... You can just see how blended together the worlds of wrestling and music are for him, and him having these songs again speaks to that quite well.
3: Oh yeah, totally. Um, actually, before the podcast, I actually you know was doing some just background research on Fonzie, and I was very uh, surprised by the whole uh, sort of kayfabeing of their background thing. You know, Mongo- Mongoose McQueen—that's like <laughs> that's a very ridiculous name. I can't get over how strange that is. Um, you know, but the fact that they played it up for so long was fairly interesting, and I was not aware that that was how sort of the band got its start, at least with Chris Jericho in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and looking at the medley here, I-, I know a lot of these songs aren't really all that iconic when it comes to Jericho's career, and for the most part, they're pretty interchangeable, but I will point out a couple of songs that I think are pretty perfect for their context— Number one is Rock America, which was the theme song that Jericho and Lance Storm had as a tag team, the Thrill Seekers, in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It's very enthusiastic and full of hope and a really good fit for a young face tag team like them. And the other one is Overnight Sensation, which is about an overnight sensation. You're headed for the spotlight. I know you can go far. You can do anything. Just follow your heart. Just set the wheels in motion, hold tight, and stake your claim. Make sure that they will all remember your name. You're the overnight sensation. You can be a star. Overnight sensation, no matter who you are. And again, for a young wrestler like Jericho, who is trying to make a name for himself in wrestling and trying to be somebody and be a big star, I think that's the perfect motivational entrance theme for a guy in his position.
3: Yeah, um, Yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth. Overnight sensation is uh is a perfect uh song name for somebody on the rise in the wrestling industry. And as far as the uh the thrill seekers thing goes, um one thing that struck me is that it just seems like the the kind of song that's just for fun loving fellas, you know, just guys who like to have a good time. And I I do remember seeing that one of their uh i guess little like music video things that they did where i guess their their thrill seeking consisted of like driving bumper cars (laughs) and doing which is weird because when you think of thrill seekers you know i don't think you know bumper cars or riding bikes in the woods you know i think more of i guess sort of what uh pj black's gimmick is you know skydiving and you know all the crazy stuff that he does rock climbing uh, yeah, that kind, yeah, that sort of thing. yeah yeah <laughs> so it was kind of it was kind of weird but also like funny at the same time i, I guess maybe that was the nine the 90s version of thrill seeking
0: <laughs> maybe or uh the smoky mountain version of thrill Seeking, yes. <laughs> i guess <laughs> the cheap kind the cheap kind of thrill seeking <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on now to our first individual song here we're gonna start in 1996 ecw we're gonna stay with White Zombie, and this is off of their album Astro Creep 2000. It's called Electric Head Part 2 The Ecstasy.
4: I just sit up yours, baby. <laughs>
0: So, a little fun fact here, uh, the spoken bit at the start of the song, I just said, up yours, baby, that's from the 70s movie Shaft. And there are a couple other Shaft samples in the song as well. Um, I I wouldn't consider Jericho himself to be a big Shaft fan, but, uh, you know, Rob Zombie is known for putting old movie quotes in his song, so there you go. But um, anyway, anyway, uh, as far as the song goes, it's a decent groove metal song. Certainly fits with the aesthetic of ECW and is contemporary because it came out in 95. And Jericho clearly likes White Zombie because this is the third song he's used by them in his career. Uh, he used Thunder Kiss 65 in War. He used Soul Crusher in ECW. And he used this in ECW as well. And it's definitely not as chipper or as upbeat as some of his previous songs were. But I think it's, it's, it's a decent kick-ass metal song For an entrance theme in ECW, Sean.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. Like you said, for that era, you know, right in the mid-90s when, I guess, ECW was starting to reach its peak or getting close to reaching its peak, uh, they were known for that kind of music, and the theme that Jericho used, this song by White Zombie, is a a perfect fit for that. Um, Certainly not a song that I would say... You know, obviously, would I guess define him as far as his theme songs go, but um, no, yeah, I I enjoyed listening to it. It's a very nice song. Well, it's a good song, and it's for again for ECW. It's a uh, it's a good choice for Jericho.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like it really connects with Jericho on any deep level. You know, it, it it's quite hard with lyrics like "strip down core, violate and paralyze, flood my soul, a coffee dreg, super size, slung low like a whore." devil wants some more they're not the clearest lines in the (laughs) world to connect to jericho but with the chorus it's yeah i want it yeah i need it yeah i love it that sort of represents i think the hunger and the drive that jericho has to succeed in wrestling and his obsession with making it he doesn't just want it he needs it so that's kind of the closest i came to really Connecting it get to Jericho but in any event he only had it for a few months anyway in ECW so I don't think it matters all that much in the long run there Sean
3: yeah yeah and it sort of I guess you could uh say represent that stage of his career because ECW as far as I like, well I guess you considers if you consider Smoky Mountain sort of that level of exposure but ECW was sort of that I guess next level of exposure for him on a on a more national scale in the United States
0: right right so in 1996 jericho signs with wcw he debuts on nitro on august 26th as part of the cruiserweight division his first theme there is from the chapel recorded music library it's by a band called mammoth and this is an instrumental version of their song called all the days So now that Jericho is in WCW, that means no more White Zombie, no more Metallica, no more CNC Music Factory. It is now WCW Production Library music time, baby. And for his first theme there in the company, it's very different in tone to a lot of Jericho's themes overall. Because with Jericho and his music, we're used to the brash, the in your face, the loud, the heavy, the boisterous. This one, it does have a driving rhythm to it, and it's got some cool guitar solos in there as well. But overall, it, it leans more towards the positive side of things. It's very buoyant and positive sounding and upbeat. You hear that refrain, do 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 do, and you don't think this guy's a badass. You think like '80s pop rock song and Brian Adams, you know, and, and John Parr and whatnot. And to be fair, to be fair. Looking at Jericho at this time, it lines up because he isn't a badass here. He's not cocky. He's not the rock star. He's good-looking, smiling, lower-card, baby Chris Jericho. That's him right now. So as strange as it may sound with the rest of the theme history, here it fits.
3: Yeah, I, I would totally agree. It's, it's certainly, like you said, a, a weird choice compared to um, all the other songs that he's had up to this point. Uh, but for the character at the time, where I guess lack thereof, because it really, I guess his thing was just that he was a, uh, just a, you know, a, uh, a, not traditional, but your average, you know, typical uh, young white meat baby face just trying to make his way in WCW. You know, when I first heard the song, well, actually uh, a funny story is that when I first heard this song, it was actually sort of not really... I guess, identified to me as such. Because um, I, I was looking on YouTube, and then I think this was several years ago, or way, 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 way back when YouTube first got going. Um, I remember looking up uh, one of the songs that we'll talk about later, uh, uh, King of My World by Saliva, and one of the videos I had, or I found, which is a Jericho, I guess, sort of tribute video, had sort of an intro with the two WCW themes. In it, and it sort of they played them for a brief period, and it sort of record scratched into the, um, into the King of My World theme, uh, which I guess sort of I guess that person whoever made that video, uh, wanted it to be I guess signal the transition from WCW to, you know, WWE. So that was really my first time I'd heard that, and I was like, oh, this is this is weird. Why why is this song playing? And as I found out, you know, not not in research on this podcast, but as I found out years later. You know, it was one of his WCW themes. And again, like you said, it's fitting for a sort of uh, someone who is like, uh, and I guess the words that I figured out when I first listened to it in preparation for this show was that it sort of represents, you know, innocence, youthful exuberance, just, you know, someone who's happy-go-lucky and is, you know, just a, you know, like you said, just your average uh, white-meat-baby face.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just innocence, though, but also love. Because I looked up the lyrics to the original version of the song, and it's a love song. All my life, I've been searching for somebody, somebody just like you. All my dreams, I've been dreaming about somebody, and now they're all coming true. Somebody to love, to have and to hold, somebody to make me warm when I'm cold. All the days of my life, no mistakes, it's all right. Again, very odd considering the rest of Jericho's oeuvre is in direct contrast with this style of song, but again, at this point, Jericho is not a rock and roll guy at all. He's not a superstar at all. He's just another run-of-the-mill, young, smiling, lower-card babyface guy. He's part of the crowd.
3: Especially in a company with with, uh, so many wrestlers at a contract like WCW.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, and and funny enough, you know Jericho, he actually hated the song as his theme. But again, he is nobody right now. He does not have the pull to say, I want this song, I want that song. He's just another guy. So for now, he just has to, to grin and bear it, I guess. So while Chris Jericho is in WCW, he gets a call from their partner promotion, New Japan Pro Wrestling, because they want him to debut in in the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, 1997 in a match against Koji Kanemoto. Hey, that sounds pretty great. Here's the caveat. He won't be wrestling as Lionheart Chris Jericho. No, 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 no. He'll be wrestling in a white and silver Jushin Thunder Liger mask and outfit and be called Super Liger. And it does not go well for poor Chris Jericho, to say the least. He can barely See through the mask. He botches several moves during the match, and the crowd were less than receptive of the character. So Super Liger was very much a one and done, right there and then. Adios, see ya, goodbye. But Jericho did have a theme as Super Liger. This is off of the album New Japan Pro Wrestling 30th Anniversary Best Album. It's called, appropriately, Super Liger. <laughs> real hard left turn with this one, but that's to be expected because we're not talking about Chris Jericho here anymore, we're talking about Super Liger, and what I truly love about the Super Liger theme is that it's not all that memorable, but it plays its role to utter perfection, because much like the actual Super Liger gimmick, the song is like this mirror universe version of the original Liger theme, because the original theme opens with... Da-na-na-na-na, da-na-na-na, but the Super Liger theme goes in the opposite direction. Da-na-na-na, One is the inverse of the other, just like Super Liger is meant to be the inverse of Jushin Thunder Liger. So I just I love the way that this song is composed, Sean.
3: Yeah, yeah. When I first listened to it, I definitely had... Or definitely presented sort of the vibe of. I guess we've seen this a lot in video games. Sort of like a, a darker version of a character or an evil version of a character. That's sort of a, like I, I feel like if, if, Jushin Thunder, if Jushin Thunder Liger is uh, Mario, then uh, Super Liger would be like Wario, if that makes any sense. Where it's like a, a sort of like you said, it's sort of a different, like a mirror version of Liger sort of like how I guess if my video game stuff here is correct sort of like Wario is sort of a mirror image or an evil version of what Mario represents um and yeah no I I thought I thought the theme was actually pretty cool um again it's just basically the Liger theme but different and toned differently um but no I, if they were going to go with this character it certainly fit the character. But obviously, it just didn't work with Jericho. Uh, like you said, couldn't see through the mask. Watched a bunch of moves, and it just didn't uh, didn't work out for him. But that was probably for the best because I'm not sure you know where his career would have gone if he would have been Super Liger for any longer beyond
0: that show. What I like about it as well is the fact that it inverts the melody of the song, but also the components too, because. The original Liger theme had the mix of guitar and keyboards, but the emphasis was firmly on the keyboards. In the Super Liger theme, again, it's the opposite, it's the inverse. The guitars and the keyboards are still there, except now it's the guitars that take precedence over the keyboards with all those crazy guitar solos, which I think also unintentionally reveals the Jericho influence, because even under a mask as Super Liger, Jericho still has the kick-ass rock song as his entrance theme.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that does make a lot of sense. Adding the guitars in there, or at least focusing on more of the guitars in there, certainly uh, makes it more related to Chris Jericho and sort of this kind of music that he had been using up to that point.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, Slambery continues with a Cruiserweight Battle Royal. The winner to face Chris Jericho for the championship here tonight in this contest wrestler is eliminated either by pinfall or when both feet touch the ringside floor. And ladies and gentlemen, here are the participants. Hold on, hold on. This is not a participant. Hold on just one second here. David Penzer, you inintelligible, moronic, high-voiced dweeb. You know nothing about the sport of pro wrestling. And you know nothing about these fine competitors coming out today. So I'm gonna do all the Jericho-holics a great favor. I'm gonna introduce all of the contestants in the Cruiserweight Battle Royale. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, one of these fine contestants will get a chance at the Cruiserweight belt. They'll never win it, but tonight you're gonna see. A great match from a great competitor. Let's down, get down to the list here. Coming out first from Sochi, Milko, Mexico. If you notice, this guy's hat never comes off. He's the master of trick track, the master of defunct. He is Super Calo. Look at those moves, ladies and gentlemen.
1: He's got about a
5: one in ten chance of winning, maybe. Coming up next. From El Paso, Mexico, oh. this guy used to be a great bartender. But hasn't translated into his wrestling skills. He's the scourge of the illustrious Guerrero family. He is Chavo Guerrero Jr. Maybe a two out of ten chance of winning. Coming out next from Mexico, this is the rags the Richest story. From selling chimichangas on the streets to WCW Ciclope. Now we got Damien, he can't afford a mask, he's using paint. But sooner or later, he's going to buy a mask, I'm guaranteeing you that. Here we go, the winner of the Lou Ferrigno Lookalike Contest, this guy's also from Mexico, El Dandy. Coming out next, he's the World Welter Light Featherweight Pesa Champion. He is El Grillo. Now this guy pulled up in a nice rusted out 68 Al Camino Chevy He's the ugliest man in our sport today. He's the illustrious Quasi Juice Guerrera. A former champion in many countries, he's gonna rock rock till he drops, rock rock never stop. Marty Jannetty, ladies and gentlemen. Coming out next, from Allentown PA. He is a lost and lonely soul, his name is Kidman. And Kidman, I got some calamine lotion for you after the show. This guy's the true shooter of WCW. Does he have a chance? Zero out of ten, no way. He's having courageous, ladies and gents. Oh yeah, straight from Minneapolis, Minnesota, oh yeah. I want my Loverboy tape tape back, Lenny Lane. And of course we got Psychosis. He's got a lot of hubcaps in his collection. If you need one, we'll procure you one for you after the show. This guy is Silver King. If he wins 12 more matches, he'll be upgraded to Golden King. This guy is Johnny Singer. Johnny, swing. Johnny Swinger. You ever heard champion. of this guy? Champion. I haven't. I'm Zero out of ten sweat, chance of winning. No chance. Yeah. And last but last, least, representing Yanos 1 through 62, from the illustrious Vianos family, he is Vianos 4. Ladies and gentlemen, those are your contestants in tonight's Battle Royal. I'm going to the back for a coffee, because none of these guys will ever, ever beat me for my belt.
0: So getting back to WCW here, uh, Jericho gets a new theme in September 97, which he will have for the remainder of his tenure there, until he leaves in 99. This is part of the Aircraft Music Library, and is by William Allen Buchheim, who. Fun fact, also did the Laparca theme in WCW. This is called One crazed anarchist. <laughs> Jericho, he's now got a character. <laughs> oh, don't you know? He invented everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to the highly trained ear, the song is possibly, maybe, perhaps, a ripoff of Even Flow by Pearl Jam. And by possibly, maybe, perhaps, I mean absolutely. Definitely 100%. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay because once again, it goes along with where Jericho is in his career. He turns heel, he wins the Cruiserweight title from Rey Mysterio at sold out 98, and from underneath the smiling, good looking face emerges this cocky, arrogant, major fucking asshole. Basically, the Y2J character before Y2J was ever even a concept. And yeah, it's a ripoff song, but it's got some character to it. It's got some edge to it. And Jericho, with this heel turn, he now has a character. He now has an edge. And he was now trying to get people's attention, not just with his in-ring work, but with his personality as well. So, as a song, not much to it, but as a turning point for Jericho and the way that he's being presented and the way he's presenting himself. I think it's actually a very important song here, Sean.
3: Oh yeah. I, I would totally agree with that sentiment. Um, this song definitely fits with this version of Jericho. Once he turns heel for the first time in WCW. Um, and I found it interesting that you mentioned that it was basically a ripoff of even flow by Braille jam because, uh, and you could correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, uh, i i know that wcw did use a lot of production music but i know i which I, with i think jimmy hart doing some of their songs as well didn't they wasn't this sort of a, a pattern with wcw in some ways they did yes um uh, <laughs> uh not steal but uh basically like create their themes based uh, on the friendly
0: homages friendly we'll homages, <laughs> yeah. friendly homages. Yes.
3: so in in that regard it it definitely fits in with the uh I guess the WCW music pattern, I guess you can call it. Uh but no, yeah, like I said, it's a it's a good choice for the heel version of Jericho and WCW, and even though it was uh a ripoff of Even Flow, it I'm it, it, still a pretty good song.
0: Yeah, and I think Jericho, you know, he kinda needed a theme change regardless of whether or not it was a pro jam ripoff. You know, like it could have been Alice in Chains. It it could have been Sound it, could it could have been, been Smashing Pumpkins, whatever, because all the days would not work at all with this new character. Right. And I think even without Jericho, One Crazed Anarchist was a song that was a much better fit for the time period itself because it's the late 90s and mainstream wrestling is about to become a lot more intense and extreme and uh, attitudinal, shall we say. And not that Pearl Jam is on the same level of intensity as, say, Cannibal Corpse are, but it's certainly a much better fit for this late 90s era of wrestling than All the Days is. Right, right. And uh, also, a little fun fact about the title of the song, One Crazed Anarchist, that is the name of a fuzzy song that came out on their 2014 album. And that song sounds nothing like this one because Pro Jam would presumably sue their asses off, but it's clear that Jericho liked this theme because he based an entire song off the title.
3: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very, very cool. I actually didn't know that. Know your role.
5: Well, the Rock hammered earlier by the big show and Big Show! The Rock says CNS at Jabroni you call a partner. The Undertaker is booked tonight for a match that pretty much leaves you free. So The Rock says, if you've got any fortitude and them little bitty things you call balls- Uh-oh, uh-oh, very personal here. That's what this is about. Then tonight, in front of all The Rock's fans, you will go one on one with the Great One. Rock well, laying down a challenge to the big show tonight. And go on and check your big fat ass directly into the SmackDown Hotel. Big shows will need a good king sized bed, isn't he? <laughs> wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Is that Millennium Park? It's, it's the Millennium, JR! 10! Oh, that.
0: Summer of 1999, Chris Jericho makes the big jump from WCW to the much greener pastures of the WWF because he realized, you know, he just wasn't going to get the big push in WCW. He makes his debut on August 9th by interrupting The Rock during an episode of Raw. Uh, There was that mysterious millennium clock that had been counting down for some time, and people were wondering, what's that going to lead to? Well, the clock counted down to zero, and it was Chris Jericho, who now is known as Y2J Chris Jericho, and the WWF would never, eh, 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 ever be the same again. Uh, Jericho, of course, he's had one main theme in the WWF slash WWE. He's had a couple of other ones as well, which we'll get to later, but the theme that everybody knows Jericho for is, of course, Break the Walls Down by Jim Johnston featuring Adam Mornoff and there have been multiple versions of this song over the years which we'll get to. The first one is the original version which Jericho only had for a few weeks in 99 when he debuted. This is available on WWE Uncaged Let's hear the first version of Break the Walls Down what I wanted to do here was to first talk about Break the Walls Down uh, conceptually as a song for Jericho, and then we'll break down the first version afterwards. And I think overall, Break the Walls Down is just absolutely perfect for this incarnation of Chris Jericho. Just the sheer amount of cockiness and bravado and rock star attitude and charisma that is dripping off of Jericho when he perfects this character is all over the song. You've got the aggressive rock and roll swagger with the riff, the wailing guitars, the brash lyrics, the vocal assault For those about to rock, I'm what you want Baby you know you're Judas and I'm your priest. The two go hand in hand together just so well. And looking back at the past few Jericho themes we've really seen him evolve and grow into his own man because first he used just a bunch of popular songs that anybody could have used, and then he used All the Days, which was pretty nondescript Super Liger was not even Jericho at all, and then with One Crazed Anarchist we finally get the rock star we get the character, but it's still a rip-off theme from a music library. Break the Walls Down is Chris Jericho finally getting his own song written just for him it references him in the song and that represents the character to a t so in general i think jericho could not have asked for a better song to accompany him on the biggest stage of his career than this one
3: oh yeah i totally agree um you know like you said it's you know he had all these songs up to this point and now he finally has a song that not only. Uh, Plays to his musical tastes, but you know, fits him and fits his character entirely. You know, the swagger, the bravado, you know, the the rock star, the cocky rock star attitude. Uh, just, just a perfect fit for for him, really. And I guess you know, credit to uh, Jim Johnston and Adam Mornoff for uh, putting the piece together because they did a great job encapsulating you know Chris Jericho and and who he was at the time.
0: Yeah, and. As far as this first version of the song goes, you can tell it's very much like a first sketch of the song that Jim Johnston would later perfect down the line. It's got the same basic structure. You've got the intro that talks smack leading into the song, the iconic Jericho riff, the same vocalist, Adam Mornoff, braggadocio tone, wheeling guitars, all that stuff. It's all right there. But most of the lyrics here are different. The intro is a little bit shorter, the distortion effect on the vocals is cranked up way higher than normal, and really there's just, there's so much more grit and grime and dirt on this song than usual, and I find that it's so rough to listen to that I just, I can't find myself enjoying this version at all. Uh, what about you, Sean?
3: Yeah, yeah, now that you mentioned it, 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 one thing that struck me about it is that it did sound a lot better Well, it didn't sound totally different, but it was definitely different than the other break the walls down themes. Um, I actually didn't realize I was was listening to it the first time. I had trouble sort of understanding what the intro was because it wasn't what the intro would become. Uh, So, you know, what's my name, bitch, is definitely uh, different than uh, what he would use going forward. Um, But, you know, I, I totally agree with what you said earlier. Sort of the sketching aspect or just the sort of the earlier version of it. Uh, It sort of reminds me of uh, when you cover the Rocks themes, where, you know, at some point in the Rocks career, Jim Johnston sort of got the sort of the bare bones version or the general idea of what the song was and what sort of the the main sort of beats and medleys around it would be. And then from that point, it was just through the different versions, just uh, perfecting it and sort of taking that, you know, taking that, a diamond in the Rough and just, you know, uh, perfecting it and molding it more and more until you get, you know, better versions of it.
0: Yeah, to me, the biggest problems I have with it, um, number one, are the lyrics. I feel like the lyrics, they're a bit too forward and crass for my liking. Like, not that Jericho is a choir boy by any stretch, but when you start off a song with what's my name, bitch, it just feels like a little too much to me. Um, well, not- you, you say a little too much, but think
3: about when the song came out, it was 1999. That's which true,
0: yes, that's true,
3: right? Right, well, at least for the time period, it was uh, it was totally thinning of that time period, especially you know, don't forget who was also mainly involved with writing the television at this time when he was still there, and that's you know, Vince Russo. So, and that sort of that his style of basically what the WWF was doing, sort of 98 99, you know, that that. Those lyrics sort of fit right in with what that you know the sort of the really uh, what made the WWF sort of skyrocket popularity at that time.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like in the context of it all, 1999 WWF. Yeah, it fits, but it it uh, was
3: it wouldn't have lasted though. It's not something, and that's part I guess part of the reason why it, it didn't last that long.
0: Yeah, I mean, just in my own opinion, I'm saying like. When I hear lyrics like pull off your shirt little boy, it's time for work, sit your butt down baby, it's time for class, you can't even breathe, you can't do nothing when I'm in your face, you can't shake the fear that'll leave you bleeding. I think it's trying just a little too hard to be yeah look at me, I'm a tough guy, I say bitch and you're a little boy and I'm gonna leave you bleeding, like I get that the whole Y2J gimmick was the loudmouth, in in-your-face braggadocio guy. And I get the context of the time period, but just on a personal level, I think these lyrics lay it on just a little too thick for my liking. That makes sense, Sean?
3: Yeah, yeah. Again, this feels like a song that would have only worked in the summer of 1999 and really nowhere else.
0: Yeah, and the other problem I have with it is that, as I mentioned earlier, the distortion in the vocals is is way too high, uh, so much so that I had to look at the lyrics sheet to even understand what the hell was being said. Right, and, and and thankfully, of course, Jim Johnston he did tone that down in later versions.
3: Yeah, and again, this is just just sort of the first version, and like all first versions of songs, especially the rock, like the rocks, like I mentioned earlier, uh, it just needed perfection, needed perfecting, uh, just. Uh, changing around certain things, changing the lyrics, of course, changing certain aspects of the song. Uh, so yeah, this, this version was never going to last. And you could tell that it was sort of, it needed work.
0: The second version of Break the Walls Down debuts on August 22nd, 1999, and it runs until June 18th, 2001, which is the period when Jericho Really finds his footing in the company and becomes that solid upper mid card super worker. Wins the IC title on multiple occasions and has some just some tremendous feuds with Chris Benoit and Triple H and Kurt Angle. This is available on WWF The Music Volume 4. This is Break the Walls Down version 2. You can hear with this second version that Jim Johnston dialed a few things back. He dialed back on the grime and distortion, which I think was a very good idea, and he dialed back on the lyrics as well. Uh, The intro is now the iconic, come on, you know I gotcha, yeah, wanna break the wall down, break down the walls, which I think is a much better intro because it's a specific reference, Mm -hmm. The Walls of Jericho, right off the bat- as opposed to a random curse word, and with the rest of the song as well, you have lyrics that still get across Jericho's character, but they aren't as blunt as the first version lyrics are. I'm awakened from a deep sleep, you're all weak, you're living in the agony of defeat, I am the master of your whole heap, I am the pastor, flock you like sheep, step into the town and break the wall down, your heartbeat is the only sound. Step into the light and then you'll know... You were stopped and dropped by the walls of Jericho. Like, those lyrics still tell you... That Jericho is the man, he's the best, he's whatever... And they're still being delivered with that attitude and that aggression. So the character is still being presented the same way. He's still the brash Y2J Chris Jericho. But those lyrics are... They're a tinge more restrained than the first version is. And believe me, restrained and Chris Jericho rarely go together but here I think that's a good way to describe the lyrics uh, Sean.
3: yeah yeah strain definitely uh definitely fits that um like like I said the uh the lyrics still sort of reflect the Chris Jericho character of the time uh, but it's more again more I guess straightforward not as not as gritty and dirty and yeah no the, the lyrics are perfect for what they need to be
0: Yeah, and it's important to note as well that there is still a little bit of that dirt and grit in there. But I think it works because Jericho is meant to be a fun character that still has an edge to him.
3: Right. The rock star, the cocky arrogance, all of it's still there.
0: Right, right. And um, I I also want to bring up the entrance video, which I think is a a very important part of the whole deal because it changes with the version of each song. Like with the first and second version of the theme – The entrance started with the big countdown clock with the tubes and the wires sticking out of it. It would go from 7 to 0, and when it got to 0, it would cut to black for a few seconds, and then BAM! The pyro would go off. And the intro to the song would kick in. And in the video, you see shots of Manhattan at night. And then a silhouette of some sexy female dancer would pop up. And then Jericho and big letters and flashing lights would come on screen. And then Jericho would come out, to do the pose and go to the ring. So the video was kind of going hand in hand with this version of the song in that it has some of that grime factor to it with the wires and the cables and the shots of the city at night. But there's also that glitz and glamour larger than life aspect to it as well with the flashing lights and so forth.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, once, Once you get these sort of different versions of his theme, you do see the entrance video change a little bit um and i think that's very cool that it's sort of you know not only is what does the theme song you know when it changes a little bit it's not just the theme song it's sort of the entrance video changes too and and again as we sort of mentioned earlier in the episode that sort of reflects uh sort of the different changes in chris jericho's character because even though sort of he kept the same basic general theme throughout his entire run in the wwe his looks still changed dramatically And his theme songs in the WWF or WWE, Um, even though they only had like different minor tweaks here and there, they represented different phases of his career in the WWE.
0: June 18th, 2001 is when Jericho gets the third version ...of his WWE theme, and this one lasts for around three years. So this includes Jericho finally winning the big one... ...and becoming the undisputed WWF champion... ...by beating The Rock and Stone Cold on the same night. He also made events, WrestleMania 18, which... ...unfortunately gets way overshadowed by Rock versus Hogan. And then afterwards, he's back down to being just the upper mid-carder... ...except this time, he's mostly a heel during this run... This third version is available on WWE Anthology. Let's hear Break the Walls Down version 3. The best way I can describe this song, this third version of the theme here, is that it's very sleek. Uh, It's definitely the sleekest version and the cleanest sounding version of the theme yet. Uh, The grime and the heavy distortion in the vocals are a thing of the past at this point. So the vocals here, they sound so clear, and the wailing guitar is extra wailing, especially when it goes, Of Jericho, In fact, I I think judging by how clean it sounds and also by the fact that it's a different drum track as well, I'd wager that this third version is maybe a complete re-recording of the song just because of how, you know, fresh it sounds. Um, Did you feel that way as well by any chance, uh, Sean?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I I would agree with that. Yeah, it totally sounds, like you said, it sounds clean, it sounds sleek. Um, And at least for me, this is sort of the version of this song that I most associate with Chris Jericho because it was the version that, you know, he was using when I first started seeing Chris Jericho and sort of like I mentioned very early on in the episode, this is sort of the, the theme song that had these sort of uh, the, uh, the cyberspace warp tube with the ball going through it. Um, so that again, that's sort of the, the version of Chris Jericho that I uh, first grew up with. And it's the the version of this song that I guess you could say that I most re- most identify with the one that I remember the most. Finally, and yeah, like you said, it's it's very clear, it's very sleek. The the guitars are I actually think the guitar stuff in this one is really cool. Um, and yeah, this I'm not sure if this might be my favorite version of the Jericho theme, but like I said, because it I first. Uh, heard it when I first started watching wrestling it's sort of the one that sticks out the most in my mind as far as his WWE themes go
0: yeah I'm the same way for sure yeah this is the version that will always come to mind first when I think of Jericho because this is how I was introduced to Jericho this was my first Jericho theme and when it comes to the entrance video I, I I love how this video changed with the song and became sleek as well because You brought it up earlier, of course. Uh, The countdown clock is now this futuristic digital clock. And when it gets to zero, it transforms into that ball and goes into the vortex. And then whoosh, it shows a silhouette of Jericho walking towards the screen, his outline bathed in light. And when it goes, break the walls down, the silhouette does the Jericho pose. And then the camera cuts to the ramp where the actual Jericho does the pose in real life. And I love that entrance so much because of how cool it looks and just how much it makes Jericho look like a real true superstar.
3: It's it's iconic. Iconic.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moving on now to version number four, and this is around from April 19th, 2004 to August 25th, 2005, which was when Jericho ended his first run The WWE. He was quote unquote fired by Eric Bischoff after failing to beat John Cena for the WWE title. So this theme doesn't last all that long, and there's no official release either. So let's just hear Break the Walls Down version 4. So not much to say about this one, uh, except that when it comes to the intro, it's very different because this is the first time with the entrance that they've gone away from the regular countdown clock intro. Like with the first three versions, the graphics would be different, but the sound effect that the clock made was always the same, you know, it was that... Here, they've changed it up where the video now starts with a freeze frame of the Jericho silhouette and the letters Y and J with a space in between them. Then it would go Y5J, Y4J, Y3J. And when it got to Y2J, that's when it does the break the walls down. So no more traditional countdown clock. No more, come on, you know I gotcha, yeah, part. Which are, are pretty big changes, but besides that, it, it's pretty much just the same as the third version, Sean.
3: Yeah, I actually, what's weird is that even though, you know, I, I mentioned that I sort of saw Chris Jericho for the first time and sort of wrestling for the first time through the uh, WrestleMania 19 uh, GameCube game, but when I first started watching actually watching WWE, it was sort of around uh, spring, summer 2004, uh, and it's funny, I don't even when I first saw this one, I remember it, but I don't, like, I recall seeing it, the entrance video, but I never really connected with me as, like, a, a Jericho theme that I, I heard, or I guess the, the version of the entrance video and that version of his intro that I heard when I started watching. Because, again, like I said, sort of, like, June, July, sort of that summer 2004 period is when I started watching uh, WWE as a, as a little kid. Uh, but yeah, you know, like you said, it's just a slightly different intro getting away from the clock a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, this is the Jericho again. This is the first time I, this is the version of Jericho that I remember first seeing on TV, uh, sort of with the shorter, not, not, not the shorter hair you would have later, but sort of the, the shorter long hair, the
0: fluffier the, hair, right? Your <laughs>
3: blonde hair. Yeah. Um, and sort of the, the era of the highlight reel and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 the, the video itself looked cool visually and it, I, I guess it's kind of interesting that they did a little bit differently. They changed it up a little bit again. Uh, but you know, the, the core basic gist of the song is still pretty much the same as, as it, as it's been
0: for the previous few years. Yeah. I mean, by this point, Jericho really wasn't doing a whole lot. Like he was in money in the bank. He was I C champ a couple more times. He had the Cena feud. But besides all that, Jericho wasn't really making any waves anymore. And I think them changing up the intro to his theme here was sort of a way to try to put like a fresh coat of paint on Jericho to level him up a bit. But I think the writing was on the wall here that he needed to just go away and freshen up for the time being.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think he probably realized that at that point, too, uh, just that, you know, he, he had been in the main event scene for a while and he, while he was still treated as a sort of upper mid Carter credible, you know, world title challenger, he really wasn't, uh, getting up beyond the IC level at that point anymore because that was the era, you know, where triple H was world champion for seemingly ages and ages. And, you know, his feud centered around, uh, you know, evolution or feuding with Shawn Michaels or Randy Orton or Chris Benoit. And and never seemed like during that era, he was ever, you know, sort of the era of that early brand split. He was never really up there in that, you know, main event scene, aside from a few occasions. So um, I guess leaving at that time was probably a good decision for him. Just, again, just to, you know, take a break from wrestling. But, you know, just to to give himself a break, freshen himself up because, you know, he wasn't moving beyond a certain point. You know, despite the fact that he had you know been a former world champion, he was still stuck in that um, like IC title picture. And and you can't stay there forever, forever, unless you become, you know,
0: sort of just a just a, a for life midcarder, essentially. So the fifth and final version of Break the Walls Down debuts on November 19th. 2007, which was when Chris Jericho re-debuted in the WWE, uh, the first of many re-debuts. He made his big return after another mysterious series of vignettes, the Save Us vignettes. And he's got a new haircut, got a new light-up jacket, short trunks, and he'll be in the WWE on and off pretty much for the next decade or so. He'll be there for a few years, then he'll leave to go do stuff with Fozzie then I'll come back a little bit after that, and so on and so forth. And that's kind of just how it went from late 07 to April 2018, which includes winning the I.C. title a few more times and extending that record of most reigns, uh, winning the World Heavyweight Championship a couple times as well, Uh, the big feuds with Shawn Michaels and Edge, Rey Mysterio, CM Punk, the Jericho Tag Team, which we'll get to later on, And during that time, we had this fifth version of Break the Walls Down, which obviously is the one that has lasted the longest of the versions. So let's hear, one more time, Break the Walls Down. So once again, not a ton to say about this one, except for the intro, uh, considering that there is no intro here. Uh, It just starts off right away with Break the Walls Down. Um, It should be noted that when he first came back in 07, they brought back the old countdown sound effect with the Save Us graphics in the video, but then they did away with that after a while and started the song just as is, like it is here. And what I love about that is that at first glance, it seems like just a symbol at it. Which it is, to be honest. But if you think about it, yet again, it ties into the evolution of Jericho and his character. Because he has said that when he did the big heel turn in 08, he wanted to strip away a lot of the trademarks of the Y2J character and strip away everything that made him so popular with the fans. So he went from wearing the flashy outfits... To wearing suits. He went from being loud and boisterous and and effervescent. To being serious and sinister and calculated. He went from being the rock star to being ruthless. And with this new version of Break the Walls Down. It too changes to fit Jericho. Because he still has the same song. But there's no more exciting fun countdown. There's no more silhouettes or flashing lights. There's no more cocky intro, it's just Chris Jericho coldly walking down to the ring with ill intent. And I think it makes the song sound a bit more malicious as a result. So, I really enjoy the way that this whole thing turned out here, Sean.
3: Yeah, uh, first I should say that, you know, as a kid, in 2007 when I was watching this stuff, I was super fascinated by the whole Save Us 222 thing. I thought that was just the coolest thing as like a i i guess what grade what i've been in at that time i guess they would have been in uh like the i think i've been in the eighth grade at that time but no i i that was such a as a you know eighth grader that was such a fascinating thing to me um uh, it's just sort of you know it's just really a cool thing to see uh at that age but uh yeah no i i think you know the, the countdown when he first came back, you know, it made sense because he was still a babyface at that point. He still had the long tights for a brief time. Uh, but once he turned heel and became sort of the suit wearing, uh, more serious version of Chris Jericho, eliminating the, the countdown, uh, I think played up his character, his new character perfectly. See, so wasn't it wasn't the same Jericho that we knew from the Attitude Era. It wasn't the same Jericho we knew from the early 2000s. This is a totally, you know, different version of Chris Jericho. You know, he had the short, the short hair. You know, he had from his from his initial return when he was still a babyface, but it worked even better when he was a heel. You know, just totally different look. You know, the shorter hair, the suit, just the serious demeanor. Uh, so yeah, no, the, the the sort of the shortened the shortened intro or the lack of intro, I, I should I should uh, say, definitely. Uh, plays up to that new character, and it was it was perfect for him at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this character change, it, it didn't last forever, obviously. Yeah, Jericho would yeah. go back to being face and heel a bunch of times, uh, including you know one of his more popular personas, the scarf-wearing list of Jericho, drink it in, man, era. But you know, looking back on this whole little chunk here on Break the Walls Down, I think what really ties the room together is the fact that both Jericho and this song are so malleable. Jericho could be a face or a heel. He could be valiant. He could be chicken shit. He could be a rock star. He could be a sociopath. Break the Walls Down could be a face theme. Could be a heel theme. Could be a fun rock song. Could be an ominous song. Could be super grimy. Could be super crisp. And all it takes to fit the situation are a couple of key changes.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, one thing I find interesting about wrestling themes is that in certain cases, you'll see when a character turns face or heel, they completely change their theme song to something, to, uh, something completely different. Whereas, you know, you'll see other times like with Chris Jericho. And I think another example that I always think of, you know, it's not as many iterations is a uh, Tetsuya Naito's theme where it's either the same theme song or mostly the same theme song with slight alterations it through mult through either two or multiple different versions of a character like like the example I gave with Naito even though you know his, he's only got unlike Jericho he's only got like two different versions of his character uh, it, the theme song is generally the same for both versions of the character uh, and same could be said for Chris Jericho you know goes through all these character changes and face and heel and everything that different changes with his look. It's still, you know, basically the same theme song just with, you know, slight alterations here and there.
0: Right. Right. And despite having so many theme songs, I think that given how much time Jericho spent in WWE and how prominently he was featured with this song there for so long, I think break the walls down. It will always be considered his signature theme no matter what happens.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So I mentioned earlier that Break the Walls Down was Jericho's main WWE theme, but he also had some supplemental themes as well on a few occasions, Uh, themes that were only around for a very brief period of time each. Uh, For example, this one here only lasts a week, November 11th to the 18th, 2002, uh, which actually included a live performance at Survivor Series, 2002. It can be found on WWE Anthology. This is Saliva with their song, King of My World. this song the same way that I do the Drowning Pool version of Triple H's theme that he used at Mania 18 because on the one hand they were both only used for a very brief time but the other thing is that both songs take the original version of their respective themes and put their own spin on it. Like the core elements of Break the Walls Down are still here in King of My World. You've got the Jericho riff in there which By the way, I never noticed until now just how similar it sounds to the Batista riff. Did you catch that at all, Sean? Yeah,
3: it does sound a little similar now that you mention it.
0: Yeah, pretty similar, pretty similar, yeah. But uh, also you've got callbacks to lyrics from Break the Walls Down, like, I'll break down the walls around you now, I am the pastor to your sheep, I am the master. And overall, it has the same message and tone as the original does. Jericho is the king of the world. He's the best. He's the baddest, etc., etc. So it's very much like the soft reboot to break the walls down where there are elements that you know, but they're done in a new way.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, still borrows from break the walls down, but still at the same time still fits perfectly with his character. You know, the egotistical heel, uh, you know, the arrogant, the, just the arrogant asshole that he was, I guess. Um, you know, what's funny is, well, I guess two things I should say. First of all, I honestly, I love this song. This is one of my favorite saliva songs. Uh, and I know that they sort of get lumped in with that. I forget what some people have coined them as, but sort of the group of bands that WWE mainly used around that time, like saliva, drowning pool, limbic POD. Yeah. Like, I know some people like to like brag on them a little bit, but I like all of those bands. I like a lot of the songs that they do, uh, and I have always loved "King of My World." It's I think it's a really good song. Though I'm I'm not sure if I, he used it very briefly as his theme. Though I'm not sure if it would it was a really good fit as a theme song. It seems to me more like a song you would use for like a Jericho music video or a Jericho highlight video, but not necessarily. Uh, his actual entrance theme. So it was cool, I guess, that Saliva did perform it live at Survivor Series in 2002. And I guess another thing that's funny is that I will always, I guess because of when he used this song, I will always associate it it with the sort of, like, what would consider to be Jericho's ugliest look in the yeah. oh god me, see, the, long, the evil, scruffy
0: goatee the yeah that was like, that goatee. was ugly <laughs> yeah
3: not not a big fan of the goatee me neither yeah he said yeah.
0: he's had better looks for sure
3: yeah <laughs> uh, I, I wonder i wonder if, if jericho looks back on that time now i wonder if that goatee he had was was like the most ridiculous thing in the world
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm right with you i like this song a lot too and I think the reason why it didn't last so long or maybe feel like a good fit for Jericho is because it's called King of My World. Jericho around this time, late 2002, started calling himself the King of the World. But anybody who actually watched Raw at the time could see that Jericho was nowhere near being the actual king. Triple H was the king. He was the one who was main eventing at the time. He was the one who was World Heavyweight Champion so often. Jericho was still an upper mid carter Yes, and and if I remember correctly, this
3: is also around the same time, maybe a little earlier than this, when they did the segment on Raw where the Dudleys uh, stole Jericho and Christian's clothes, and they did the segment where they came out in their towels and ripped them off. Yeah. And for someone who's calling himself the king of the world, that's not, uh, I guess that that sort of contradicts itself right there.
0: Right, right, and with Break Down the Walls, you don't have to be the top guy – to make that song work. King of My World, I think you need to be the champion. You need to be consistently main eventing the shows for that song and that nickname to work. And Jericho was never really booked that way during that time period. Um, That's at least my thought about it anyway. Another brief Jericho theme was around for a bit longer than King of My World was, January 26th to April 19th, 2004. And uh, this theme song is quite historic because this is our first instance of Chris Jericho showing off his vocal talents. Yes, we finally get a chance to talk about Chris Jericho, the singer, as opposed to Chris Jericho, the wrestler. This is available on the infamous album at WWE Originals. It's not a full Fozzy song. It's by Jim Johnston featuring Chris Jericho and Rich Ward, who are the two founders of Fozzy. This is called... Don't you wish you were me.
2: And that
0: should be do don't you wish you were me dreaming You'll never be me Don't you wanna be me? Do, 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 do. <laughs> so, I'm not someone who has a big opinion on Chris Jericho's music. I've only heard a couple of Fosse songs in my life. I don't love the band. I don't hate them. I have no strong feelings one way or the other. Uh, except when it comes to this song. Because I hate this song. It sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. The screaming down a hallway intro,
4: Don't you to be me?
0: Sucks. The try hard to be cool lyrics suck. Jericho's singing sucks. The whispery background vocals suck. It all just sucks. So, Chris Jericho, all due respect, buddy... No, I don't want to be you. Uh, Sean, what about you? (laughs) Um,
3: well, well, first of all, I I knew, I obviously know about this album, and I knew this song existed, but I I did, I was actually surprised that he actually used this as a a theme, like an entrance theme at some point in his career. Uh, I I did not expect that, and it's kind of surprising that he did, because it just doesn't seem to fit as an, you know, an entrance theme that much. Um, my, I guess my reaction to it when I first heard it wasn't, uh, I I guess it wasn't the sense of sheer hatred as you. It was just sort of like it was just sort of like oh oh, oh okay, just sort of it was like okay this is this is, um uh, you know it's it, it it's a song, it, it is certainly a song, um, but yeah no this wasn't uh, not not his best work as a, as a singer uh, that that's for sure. Um, and I, I, I guess when it comes to Fozzy in general, um, I'm sort of in line with with your feelings on the band. Um, I guess the way I sort of think about it is that there are, with the music that I listen to, there are a couple bands that I put in sort of my top tier where I will basically, if whatever they put out, I will like buy the album the, the day it comes out. Like uh, Avenge Sevenfold is one of those bands for me they will put out an album. I will buy it the day of, and every song, and I'll you know love every song that they that's on the album. Uh, Fozzy for me falls in sort of that next category, and I'm sure you you have in instances of this as well, where you, you never buy full albums of the band, but you sort of just go on like iTunes and just like you know cherry pick songs that you like, uh, and that and that's sort of been my listening pattern with Fozzy. Uh, I never I've never purchased a full Fozzy album. But you know, I'll go through their track listings on iTunes, and I'll if there's a song I like, or if I hear on the radio or something, or searching on YouTube, I'll just you know, oh, that's a nice song. I'll pick it out. I like I have probably like somewhere between like seven to ten Fozzy songs on my personal iPod, but they're all from you know different albums and sort of different eras of Fozzy. So you know, like like sort of like you, I, I I I guess I would say that I like them, but they're not one of my favorite bands.
0: Yeah, I actually do have a couple of Fozzie songs in my iTunes. Um, Enemy, which was the big pay-per-view theme back in the day, and uh, Judas, which we'll get to later. Uh, So, again, I don't hate Fozzie. I do like a few of their songs. It's just that this is not one of them. (laughs) Because I think it it lacks that cool, edgy essence that Break the Walls Down managed to capture. It just sounds... So lame and try-hard to me, and I think Jericho's singing doesn't help either, because his voice doesn't sound very good or very cool here. He sounds like a, a wannabe pretending to be a rock star. Um, insert joke here. Uh, so when he sings, "Don't you wish you were me, the king of all you see?" I just I roll my eyes, Sean.
3: Yeah, what's what's weird about it too. Is that when you think about the time period that was used? Uh, this is sort of when he was starting to turn babyface, and sort of through like for about like a year plus from like 2004 to like mid 2005, he was babyface. So for like for him to use this song around that time was a a strange choice, you know. It, I mean, the one the least one positive you can say about it is that at least it continues the pattern of you know. Jericho being the egomaniac and just being all about himself but you know if he's if he's a face it doesn't it doesn't really fit the character i would think a, a heel yeah you could see it but babyface uh not not too sure about that one
0: so the third and final supplemental chris jericho wwe theme here is a tag team theme Jericho, in 2009, teamed up with Edge to win the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Edge got injured shortly afterwards, unfortunately. So, Jericho picked a new tag team partner to be tag champs with. And he picked The Big Show. And thus, Jericho was born. Their tag theme is found on WWE The Music A New Day Volume 10. And it's by a band called Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. It is a mashup. Of Big Show's theme, Crank It Up, and Jericho's theme, Break the Walls Down, and it is appropriately called Crank the Walls Down. be the easiest song to explain yet Uh, Chris Jericho and the Big Show are now a tag team let's take lyrics from Jericho's theme lyrics from Big Show's theme and just smush them together into one song we'll break the walls down it's the Big Show and Jericho you know what gotcha Jericho will get a verse Big Show will get a verse then Jericho then Big Show big guitar solo in the middle there And then, finale, end of song. It's simple, it sounds pretty good, and it fits the team very well. Because Jericho did not change his character all that much. He was still the same guy. Big Show was still Big Show, obviously. It's just, now they're a tag team. So it all makes a ton of sense there, Sean.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, and I I like the fact that uh, this, this, again, like you said, this tag team was sort of uh, made together sort of last minute after Edge who was the original partner of Jericho, uh, got injured. Uh, and I do like the fact that, you know, it was a, we, in reality, it was a team of two singles wrestlers, but I, I guess it's good to see that with this theme song, you know, they made it an attempt to sort of make these two into a, like an actual, like regular, I mean, they were a regular tag team, but they tried to make it more of a actual tag team instead of, Oh, it's just two singles wrestlers teaming together. Um, I think, I, I think they tried even matching gear at that point. I think Big... Because I, I remember that era of Big Show sort of wearing that blue... The blue singlet, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sort of to match with Jericho a little bit. Um, yeah, and I remember Jericho being a, a fun team at the time, even though they didn't last that long. Uh, I guess this was around the time when they were doing the guest host gimmick on Raw, and uh, I remember Jericho and Big Show were often the ones interacting with the guests ho- the guest hosts on the show. Um, I guess the one that I remember. Right? No, I wasn't at this show for. I for some reason I just I guess I just didn't go to it. But it wasn't Wilkesbury, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who was the uh, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, was the for some reason I'm not sure why he was the uh, guest host of Raw that week, and it was in my hometown of my hometown of uh, Wilkesbury, and uh, I don't remember what exactly happened in the final segment on the show, but I do remember do remember that there was a segment where, uh, I guess, Jericho and Big Show went to confront Roethlisberger, and then Rock, Roethlisberger had backup in the form of his offensive line, and I think they had some sort of confrontation at the end of the show, but that that that's something that would have been really cool to see live, and I'm kind of sad that I, that I uh, didn't get the chance to see that, even though it was right in my backyard, but uh, no, yeah, I, I thought uh, Jericho, you know, they were, I guess, a, a good tag team for the that period in 2009, and so they'll probably just be remembered for interacting with the guest hosts of Raw, uh, their feud with DX, and the song. I mean, that's really what they'll be uh, remembered for.
0: Yeah, I just uh, I appreciate that they didn't try to remix the original themes into a mashup theme that way. Like, right. like they didn't have the shouty loud metal of "Break the Walls Down" with Adam Mornoff mixed in with the southern bluesy rock of Crank It Up by Brand New Sin, because I think those songs by themselves would not mesh well with each other and yeah. end up making up a pretty bad combination. They decided to just incorporate the lyrics into a new recording, which I think still keeps the aggression and badass vibes of the original songs and also sounds pretty good too. So,
3: Yeah, yeah, they they, they combine the two songs, but like you said, instead of just trying to like forced them together, they sort of made a more natural transition into its own song.
1: Jericho, I am the pain maker. And on June 9th at Dominion in Osaka, I will challenge for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win.
0: So, the final theme of the episode is the theme that Jericho currently has now. He first started using it in 2017 when he made his surprise return to New Japan to challenge Kenny Omega to a match at Wrestle Kingdom 12. And he's kept using it everywhere he's wrestled, from whether it's the Tokyo Dome for New Japan, a cruise ship on the high seas, or any upcoming AEW events where Jericho is currently signed. This is by Fozzie, so we finally get the full Fozzie experience here on this episode. It's off of their most recent album, Judas, and it is the title track, Judas.
1: You are beautiful on the inside. You are innocence, persona.
0: So I know that I was a little unkind to the WWE original song and or well, at least so cuz that sucked. But having said that, and being honest here, I really really enjoy Judas. I think it's a really good song. Jericho sounds good on it. It's got a catchy hook to it. It's a lot different than Break the Walls Down is in terms of lyrics and tone, but I think that works for this current era of Jericho because He's no longer the bright and shiny rock star. He's now the older, crazier, darker, psychotic villain. What about you, Sean? What do you think of Judas?
3: I, you know, I'm i going to be honest with you, Andrew. I I love this song. And I think it's my, out of all the songs we've covered, I think it's probably my favorite Jericho theme. Uh, I've listened to it so many times at this point that I actually, that I, if I just played the song, I just know the lyrics by heart. Uh, it's, it's just a song I love that much, and, you know, my first discovered Fozzie, you know, Enemy was the song that, you know, captivated me the most, but uh, I have to say that this song is, uh, I guess as far as Fozzie songs go, it's it's right up there with Enemy, and Enemy was one of my favorite songs for a long time, so the fact that he was able to, uh, th- that Fozzie was able to do a song like this is really cool, and it's it's an awesome song, and one thing I found interesting you know, just looking at the lyrics, is that I noticed in the Break the Walls Down song they uses in WWE, it actually does mention Judas once or twice. So I wonder if that was sort of an inspiration, sort of the title for this song. The fact that, you know, one of the lines in Break the Walls Down is, you know, baby, you know, you're Judas and I'm your priest. So I'm, I'd be curious to know. It wouldn't surprise me if sort of you got the Judas thing from Break the Walls Down. And I I guess as as well, you know, I I find it interesting that, you know, that the theme of this song is just, it's Judas, you know, and for those who, you know, might not know the the story of Judas from, I guess, the the biblical stories, Judas was the disciple and uh, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, in case I get this wrong. I don't know my... I'm Jewish,
0: so I'm not the best person to ask that. that. (laughs) that's
3: right. That's right. I'm sorry. My apologies. Uh, But I guess for the general... uh, Obviously, you know, Judas in the biblical stories is the one, he was one of the 12 disciples, and he was the one who turned on Jesus and surrendered him to the Romans. Correct, sort yeah. of turning yeah. his back on, on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, no, I, just, I think it's interesting that the song sort of covers, you know, if you just look at the, the first verse, you know, you're beautiful on the inside, you are innocence personified, and I will drag you down and sell you out, run away. And, you know, like, that's what Judas did. He sold Jesus out, essentially. Um, and then that sort of plays into the chorus a little bit. You know, what have I become? None that I've betrayed. Everyone I ever loved, I pushed them all away. And I, have be, I, and I have been a slave to the Judas in my mind. Is there something left for me to save Is in the wreckage of my life? You know, it, it sort of plays right into that whole, I, I guess, religious background behind the song. And I guess it fits really good as well with sort of the, uh, because I I guess I guess you I guess in wrestling terms you could call Judas a heel. Um, so in that sense, it's perfect for sort of this this heel, Jericho, this new version of this heel Jericho that we've been seeing in New Japan and and uh, AEW. You know these you know this crazy, this crazy guy who wears like the spike jacket and this weird face paint on his face. You know, so I think it really works for this current this current version of Chris Jericho,
0: yeah, he's gone completely away from the fun cocky rock star or the serious, honest man or the goofy list of Jericho era. He's now so much darker and more dangerous and more violent than he's ever been, and you're right, the lyrics do a really good job of emphasizing that sinister darkness that's taken a hold of him. I am cold like December snow. I have carved out this soul made of stone, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Embraced by the darkness, I'm losing the light, encircled by demons I fight. What have I become now that, now that I've betrayed? And then it goes on from there. So darkness, demons, betrayal, coldness, pushing away your loved ones. It talks about losing the light. So it's referencing the old Jericho character being swallowed up by this new darker one. It's not the cocky, braggadocio, rock and roll swagger kind of song that Break the Walls Down was by any stretch. It's almost like a cry for help, which we have not seen before with Jericho's themes.
3: Yeah, yeah. And sort of even the religious tones of it, even in a way, continue into the second verse where he talks about the guilt being a heavy, uh, the guilt, I should say, being a heavy cross. There's blood on the path he walks and all that sort of thing, and again, the whole, you know, battling with demons, and yeah, it just sort of seems like he's sort of pushing away everything that sort of made him what he was up until that point, and I guess in another way, too, just sort of pushing everyone else away from him in the sense that, you know, it, it's not like he's, like, with anyone, he's, he's a loner, really, he's all on his own, and he's just, he's all about himself.
0: Yeah, and I like as well the way that Jericho sings the song and how it helps get across the unhinged quality of his character. Because he doesn't just scream the song the whole way through. He has the whispering thing at the beginning I'm becoming, I'm becoming, I'm becoming. And he has the melodic singing in the verses You are beautiful on the inside. And then in the chorus, that's when he gets louder and does the shouting. And I think that helps present Jericho as now being very manic and unbalanced which is true to life because in New Japan he went from being the alpha in the Kenny Omega feud to being not tranquilo I'm fucking crazy in the Naito feud where he started wearing the the makeup then he had the evil feud where he started wearing the mask and now he's got the Okada feud where he's now the pain maker so he's jumping from one shtick to the next with each successive opponent and seemingly getting crazier as he does so
3: Yeah, and and that sort of continues, you know, the evolution of his character, you know, even though since the Omega match, his character has generally been the same over the last year. He sort of tweaked it a little bit, depending on who he was facing. Like, uh, like you said, just adding the the mask for the evil few that he had. Or in recently with Okada, the pain maker thing. Like, that's just a, that's such a small detail that like, I don't think if, if you were trying to think of something to, go with the Okada thing you might not have come up with that originally but after you hear it the first time it's like oh that's so obvious it makes total sense it, it absolutely works so uh, yeah no it, it just speaks to the fact that you know he's had or this this character is just totally uh, and, and it speaks to the song as well the song and the character that he's using right now are just totally different that than anything from jericho that's come before
0: right right and as well as being jericho's theme this was also the theme for nxt takeover chicago in 2017 which was where tommaso champa turned heel on johnny gargano so coincidentally another little judas betrayal moment there right
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and i guess we can touch on this right now here uh the fact that Fozzie has had quite a lot of their songs used as theme for pay-per-views. Enemy was the theme for No Way Out, 2005, and TNA Bound for Glory, 2006. Sandpaper was used for Hell in a Cell, 2012. Lights Go Out was used for SummerSlam, 2014. Judas was used for TakeOver Chicago 1. And Painless was used for TakeOver Chicago 2, in 2018. Uh, which all which also took place, by the way, a few weeks after Jericho won the I.W.G.P. Intercontinental Title. So Jericho, he knows how to get his music across to a broader audience. Uh, that audience being wrestling fans. Again, he's the nexus point. He he bridges that gap. Sean. Yeah, and
3: absolutely. And Fozzie's brand of music, uh, sort of fits sort of the 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 mold that they used for NXT music for the Takeover. So. You know, not not surprising at all that Fozzy songs have been used for takeover themes because, it, again, it, it totally fits with sort of the kind of music that they tend to pick out.
0: So those were the many, many, many themes of Chris Jericho. Whole box set of themes right there. And uh, wrapping up this whole thing here, Sean, this episode was a real reminder of just how grand in scale the career of Chris Jericho has been. All the different companies he's worked for, all the different personas he's had, all the different positions in the card he's filled. He's seen and done it all. And more often than not, he's been successful at it. Yeah, there have been some bumps in the road for sure, but looking at the big picture here, the popularity that he's had in his career and still has to this day, the championships he's won, the shows he's made evented, the music career he's had, even down to the catchphrases that he's gotten over. Jericho has a winning record. And as long as he maintains his good health, and as long as he keeps putting on these great performances in the ring and keeps drawing in the crowds, he'll further cement himself as one of the best wrestlers of all time.
3: Yeah, yeah. And as, as far as uh, being able to keep yourself relevant in the wrestling business, you know, Jericho has, has proven to be the master of it. You know, He is someone who is not afraid to change things up in a major way. And it seems like every time he's done it, he's been able to make it work to perfection almost. Like who could have thought that, you know, such a uh, diversion from his character when he was doing the heel version of himself from 2008, 2009, 2010 with the suit and the short hair and sort of the, the serious demeanor. Who would have ever thought that such a, you know, diversion from the original Jericho that most of us all knew and loved would have worked that well. And likewise, who would have known that, you know, something as ridiculous as The List would have gotten as popular as it did. Uh, just Jericho has sort of that magic that he's able to just make anything work out just brilliantly. And that carries over to this version of Chris Jericho that we're seeing right now. That, again, it's just it's totally different than what we've seen previously. So, you know, he's just been able to Or I guess the fact that he's been able to last this long is just a testament to the fact that, you know, he's one of the smartest guys in wrestling.
0: All right. Well, that does it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, thank you, Sean, for being here. This was just an absolute blast. You were a great co-host, as usual, and uh, thank you again for coming on. No problem. No problem. Any plugs you want to give, go right ahead.
3: Alright, so uh, as far as Voices of Wrestling is concerned, uh, I've written a lot of different things over the last couple weeks, Uh, dating dating back all the way to my uh, review of the Crockett Cup. Uh, I also did a couple of reviews for the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan War of the Worlds Tour. Uh, And then I also did a review of one of the recent uh, Best of the Super Juniors shows, so you could check all of those out at voiceswrestling dot com. Um, you can also check out my work at uh, Fighting Spirit Magazine, where I do the pay per view recaps for Ring of Honor shows. Um, let's see. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at sacedor two um, nine nine four. And then the last little thing I'll plug: if you want to go over to the VOW forums, uh, you can uh, check out my thread. I have for my extreme warfare revenge uh, scenario. I have a little diary thing going on where I just uh, sort of uh, put down my pay per view cards, uh, and I just sort of explain sort of how I came up with them and what I, you know, what my mentality was. And uh, I'm really, you know, I'm really enjoying playing extreme warfare. Uh, it really uh, taps into the uh, side of me that loves alternate history Uh, because that's one of the uh, I guess as far as like book genres go that's one of my favorite genres so for me sort of and just for context I'm doing uh, I started with 1998 WCW in my scenario Um, so sort of exploring on sort of what I would like to consider as an alternate history scenario sort of with uh, a, a game that sort of uh, harkens back to my youth when i would play general manager mode on smackdown versus raw 2006 but just sort of a a further expanded version of that uh in, in computer form it's just uh it's a really like fun little uh little game that i'm playing so check that out as well on
0: the vow forums and uh, Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can check out this and other great wrestling podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can find the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VOW Forums. That's voicesofrustlingcom slash forum. And, of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Sean, thanks again, and I'll see you around. Yeah, no problem. See you next time. All right. For Sean Sedor, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys.